You guys have heard me talk about this before, but it's because I absolutely love these sex toys. Sweet vibe toys are my favorite. Now they're all under $50. They come in really bright, fun colors. And I really haven't found something that just, you know, gets my O. (laughs) So I hope you guys check them out. It's sweetvibe.toysonline. And if you want to have your own O, use our promo code, which is wildlove. Have some fun. On this episode, we sit down with Erica Lust. She is a female erotic film director and is really creating a whole new world of indie adult cinema. And she is such an interesting guest. We really dive into the world of porn, how she's changing it, and why you should be enjoying Erica Lust porn. Enjoy, you guys. Good morning, guys. Good morning, everybody. This is a particularly exciting podcast for us because we managed to land Erica Lust. I'm so excited. You know, I honestly was not very, um, I didn't know much about your work until recently and I love it. Erica, you love it. Yeah. I love it too. You describe yourself. I mean, that's so fantastic (laughs) to hear, you know, I have to comment on that. Hello everyone. I'm here. Hi Erica. (laughs) Thank you for being here. You describe yourself as a feminist who happens to make porn rather than a feminist pornographer. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that? Well, I guess, uh, you know, I am a feminist, obviously. I, I, uh, I studied political science. It already happened to me when I was around 15 years old that I met with feminism and I just fell in love and life started to make sense to me. Amen. I realized, oh my God, so all these things I have been thinking about, there are other people out there feeling the same way. You so know? There's actually exactly there's actually this power structure in the society we live in. And and that's when I started to to feel like I'm a feminist. And then um I mean, life is long and complicated and things happened. And I guess that when I started to figure out my sexuality and what I liked and who I was, I was, you know, uh, a young adult. And I, of course, looked at porn. Mm-hmm. Like most people this do. This was when you, you were know? growing up in Sweden. I was growing up in Sweden. Um, and my first experiences with porn are quite... I think I think lots of people will recognize the situations because the first time was a girlfriend of mine who had a pajama party. Uh-huh. Right. And first we watched a regular film and then she had found this video cassette that Ooh. her father had. This sounds like a porn, actually. If, like, <laughs> if, if, if it hasn't been made, it should be made. Porn of teenage girls yeah. watching porn. No, that, wow. that, that sounds a little too teenage. That, yeah. It's a very, it's a very specific niche. Go on. So you saw this. But I do remember this feeling, you know, we were a group of girls. We, you know, we were there in our pajamas with a bunch of popcorn and suddenly Mm -hmm. we were watching porn and everybody was like, oh my God, what is this? Because we were 12, 13, something like that, you know? And the feeling was, the feeling was first, first, I think we were all very excited like, what's going to happen? What is going to be like? Huh? Yeah, what yeah. is this? And then we realized that it was just kind of, ugh. <laughs> it, you know, it wasn't sexy. It wasn't intriguing. It wasn't erotic. It it didn't feel good. It I feel that way bad. now with a lot of porn that I see today. I'm like, oh, ew. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Next. A, a lot of it doesn't work because, no. well, and your big insight, I guess you had it when you were 12 years old. 
was that you wanted to see porn that prioritized female well, pleasure. Well, or I, I would say that when I was 12, I probably didn't realize all of that, but I, I had the reaction. And then uh, at university, I had I had a boyfriend and he came home, you know, to my place one night with a DVD, a porn DVD and wanted to watch it. And that was kind of my right. second experience. And I think many women feel, feel familiar with that kind yes. of situation mm-hmm. also, because right. we are so many times introduced to porn through our male friends or boyfriends yes. or husbands right. or, you know. And and then I I was already studying political science and I was aware of, of different kind of power structures in our society. So I think that when I started to, to watch this film, I was surprised by how my body got turned on, how I actually felt horny watching right. these mm-hmm. images, you right. know. It felt... Mm, nice. Powerful. Powerful. Interesting. I'm reacting to all of this. Did you have any resistance to that when your boyfriend brought it home? No, not that much, actually, because I kind of was already Swedish, liberated. Okay, right, right. So it's different. Interested. Yeah, yeah the cultural I mean, piece is interesting. Yeah, I, I think so. So I, I, I didn't really have a kind of, you know, bad reaction. Mm-hmm. Hey, no, I don't want to watch this. I was more like curious. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. You right. know? But then I had this feeling that my body got turned on, but I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was a huge conflict. Instead yes. of being, you know, this great night where we were going to get into the mood together and, you know, yeah. learn something new, maybe. I felt like I, I was living this huge conflict. And yeah. and then I... It was I the, sorry to interrupt, but I think a lot of people feel that conflict. Can you describe more what it was? It was a conflict between your body being excited. Between my body and my brain. And you what know? was your brain? My brain was telling me... Kind of that I don't I, I I don't get it. Why is she there to satisfy him? Yeah. Why yeah. is it only about his pleasure? Right. I had felt to me that it was very far from 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 the sexual experiences that I actually had had in my mm-hmm. life, where it had always been like two people coming together, mutual. And, you know, mutual trying to take care of each other's pleasures. Right. And then in porn, it felt like it was not. It was just you know, women were somehow reduced to this this even beautiful objects, but sexy objects, uh-huh. you know. But objects. It wasn't about them. It wasn't their stories. It wasn't about their fantasies and their sexuality and their pleasure. And she was only there to please him. And 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 then all this fakeness about it. Because come on, you know, I think most women, we know it, you know, when we watch porn and we have this feeling yeah. that this is not, it's, it's think, not real. I think some of us know it, but I honestly think the majority of women don't know. Like even when it comes to squirting and when it comes to orgasm, when it comes to all of these different things that we may or may not want to do in the bedroom, they look to porn and say, well, I'll never, I'm never going to be able to do that. And so I would love for you to talk about the acting that actually goes into porn. And and how you found yourself after you had this moment where you said, I mean, I love your point about how women in porn are often in the service of male pleasure. And to me, that's all in the cum shot. Right. The cum shot is like the vanishing point perspective of the painting or something. It's like the most important organizing principle of so much porn. And it tells you what the priority of the porn industry Mm. has been for so long, Mm. which is male pleasure. And then 
here comes Erica Lust and blows it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's get into what Whitney yeah. was asking you about. And yeah, just, what's real and what's fake and, and what... And how did you... What happened after you watched this porn film? How long until you found your mission? Because so many of our listeners are seeking their missions and lives. Yeah. And I love that you found yours while you're watching porn. Well, yeah, but it took time. It took time. It's like when you tell the story, it's like, <laughs> like oh, and then this Compressed. happened. And after that, I became America last night. <laughs> no, actually, it was many years. And I didn't, I didn't realize it at the beginning. At the beginning, I was just a young adult talking to other people, trying to figure out my own life, kind of, you know, who right. am I? What do I like? What am I into? And, and porn was a source of figuring that out kind of but in in many conversations that I had with friends you know male friends and female friends I I saw the structure there I really saw how most guys are using porn in their sex life in their individual sex life you know it's part of 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 them getting turned on masturbating etc and they do it with 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 all you know it's just a natural part for them they never really think much about it. But for women, it tends to become this kind of conflict somehow, a shameful moment or, or, or they feel ashamed about watching it or they, they, they feel like something is not really working out for them. So this conflict that I had felt, I could really see that that was not an individual thing, that it was actually a structural thing. Right. And then I found a wonderful book by by a film professor called Linda Williams from Berkeley University, and she had written written this book called Hardcore, and it really talked to me and it explained to me that porn is so much more than just porn. That it's actually this discourse about sexuality mm-hmm. and about femininity and masculinity and the roles that we all play. And that, you know, porn has become a more and more influential genre. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, and we are so many people uh, feeling that something is off with with lots of the porn that's out there. But at the same time, nobody talks about it. Nobody. It's secretive. It's secretive. And you shameful, know? to your point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's the sad part. That's why I feel that it's so necessary to start you know, having this conversation, daring to talk about porn and talking about not only what's bad with it, because there's lots of things that's bad with it, but there's also wonderful things with yeah. porn, you know? Right. Yeah. The way I see it, porn has a huge potential. I really think that, you know, you can make porn out of any, any values that you might have, you know, the same way as there's lots of misogynistic, racist, horrible porn, you know, that is more more about punish fucking women than about mutual pleasure mm-hmm. online. The same at the same way you can make feminist porn if you want. You know, if that's the the mission you have, if that's the values you have, if you are interested in representing gender roles in a certain way on screen, and if you are interested in bringing women into the participation 
of making these films. And that's, you know, that those are the two things that I am really trying to work on. And let's be clear, women watch porn. Right. So much we are spoon fed this lie that porn is that men are the main consumers of porn, that women aren't interested in it. Um, but I've read statistics that anywhere from 20% of porn users in some surveys to half of porn users are women. So you're really um, fulfilling a need, not uh, for, for women for sure, but also for men who are going to benefit from the way you're doing porn. And, and actually, if we look at our audiences online, I mean, it's almost 50-50. Your audience is 50-50. Yeah. Okay, we have to talk about... Um, I want to I want to definitely talk about this idea of ethical porn and what sets Erica Lust porn apart from mm-hmm, the rest mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I have to say I was very cynical going in that feminist porn would not be a turn on that if you know that it wouldn't right this is but this, but is, this is the is, cliche this is what, that what, we have what people Let's think, it. you know and that's yeah. that's that's somehow why i kind of try to avoid the term feminist porn right. because i think that people don't understand it it's too many misconceptions yes. I mean, right it's a uh, loaded term yeah yeah they kind of feel that in feminism there's something anti-male and that in porn there's something anti-female so people can't make them go they together and then, <laughs> no, like, no 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 yeah, exactly. it's like what is this it is what is it? And then if you st- if you ask them, they say, oh, so it's just women. And then you go, no, that would be lesbian porn, right? And That's they start thinking <laughs> and they start thinking and they go, oh, so feminist porn, bunch of ugly women with hair under their arms and strap-ons <laughs> ready to go out in the world to fuck all the men. That's feminist porn. You know? <laughs> That's <what it> is. <laughs> But, but this is this is what's you know in people's imagination. Yeah, this is how they think they just can't reconcile the terms. If no. it's feminist porn, it yeah. must be strident. It must be unsexy. Yeah. It must yeah. be yeah. It must yeah. be all one hundred percent mission driven and not about pleasure and getting turned on. Your porn is very very hot. It is, and I have to say, I saw it for the first time. Was it la- night before last? Mm-hmm. We were at the same event mm-hmm. here um, in New York. And I honestly had no idea what I was getting myself into. I didn't even know that I was going to watch porn with like 35 (laughs) other strangers in a boxing like gym. I was like, I walked in. I'm like, cool, boxing gym. Obviously, that's totally on brand for me. And then I realized it was a porn screening and I was there by myself. And so I was like, okay, well, this is awesome. I did an invitation all night after she told me of Whitney sitting by herself with perfect posture with her hands in her lap watching porn all by herself. <laughs> and that maybe that's how it used to be for people in Times Square. Serious. So you you had that experience. Yeah, that was me. Sitting in the but theater. it was it was really hot. And what I loved about it is it's shot so beautifully. Like it doesn't look I don't know if this is wrong to say, but it doesn't look cheap. Like I feel like a lot of porn just looks high production value and shitty. And like, what's up with the lighting and why is... But because they don't care. Most of what we see today, today, I mean, this has been an evolution also. Pornography, when it came around in the 60s and the 70s, was different. It was made by creators with ideas, filmmakers with visions. Cinematographers. Yeah, yeah. and and actually it was kind of this this movement, this liberal movement... Mm -hmm. uh, 
resisting a very conservative society. That's right. how porn started, right? right? It was, but, tra- yeah, it was, it was yeah, transgressive. Yeah, but then, then, then everything evolves, you know, and we had the video revolution coming and with the video cameras and lots of guys picked up a video camera said, hey, let's start filming the girls. And they, yeah. they realized that they made a lot of money out of it. Right, and there's an algorithm and they just will put out what gets... Yeah, that's today you, with the internet. Right. I mean, today with the internet, that's a, a whole other revolution that now came around, you know, and, and, and changed all of it. And, and really the last 10 years, the porn industry is not any longer these big kind of studios in the, in California, you know, in mm-hmm. San Fernando Valley. No, it's not. It's the porn industry today. It's one huge company called MindGeek based in Montreal, Canada. And mm-hmm. they are owners of most of the tube sites that you probably know by name. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Aha. The same company. Owners of uh-huh. all of those. So we're like stuck so there's with a monopoly one. going yeah, there's on a monopoly. in porn. And 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 the content is as you said, it's by algorithms. Right. You know, these are, are right. machines. These are 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 tech nerds deciding yeah. kind they, of yeah. what we are going to watch. They're in not porn. the people to put pleasure and beauty and uh, orgasms no, not, in our lives. They're not really interested they're in not filmmaking interested in... or in sexuality or right. in, you know, describing a diverse vision of human sexuality. That's yeah. not their game. Let's talk about your vision versus theirs, because yeah. I think you mm-hmm. just gave uh, some great points. Talk about your commitment to ethical porn and talk about what separates mm. Erica Lust Cinema and your other platforms um, from mainstream porn, like yeah. Pornhub or YouPorn. You made the obvious point about how it's made. Yeah. It's made by a filmmaker. It's made by filmmakers. But I think that if we talk about about the ethical part of it, it's more about the production process, about the working conditions, about how you actually take care of everybody involved, crew and cast, especially when we're talking about cast, the people that are actually going to have sex on screen, making sure that they know what's going to happen, what they're getting involved they're in. They're consenting that, to it. Exactly. But 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 it's a, it's a conversation open all the time about boundaries, you know, because this is not like uh, a list a list of things that we will do and we will not do. I mean, it could start there, the conversation, obviously, but then uh, you have to have this conversation during the whole filming, you know, and being yeah. very mm-hmm. conscient in how people uh, react and how they feel. And, 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 and then it's a lot of basic things also, like having bathrobes at the, sh- at, at the shooting, you know, and having is that not normal? slippers. No, sometimes it's not, you know, taking care of, of, of every detail, making sure that they have a possibility to take a shower, talking about, you know, condoms and lubricants and sex toys if they are involved. I mean, there's so many different pieces that get so into many different how pieces. do we actually, you know, work the whole production process. And in the end, I guess the, the most basic value is treat people the same way as you would like to be treated, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And treat treat the actors as people, which that seems so self-evident to us. But, you know, when I started understanding your work, I started looking more for the stories, uh, particularly of actresses in the porn industry. And you read so many times, like 
um, there was recently um, a scandal, rightfully so, about a porn actress who talked about how she was forced. She had a lot of water put into her body. She didn't consent to it. She didn't want it for a squirting scene. The, the, the list goes on and on of ways that people's wishes or bodies can be violated in mainstream mm-hmm. porn. And I, we might not even think about it um, until we see how your set is different and learn about how your set is different from a mainstream set. But but also I think it's important to understand that it's not that all mainstream porn is badly done. Actually, mm-hmm. lots of it, it's it's done with great conditions and, you know, mm. people really taking care about the whole process, paying well and, and having all these conversations. But then there's also the process of how they are marketing it, for example. That's a whole mm. other aspect of, of the ethical part, you know. Sometimes they... they um, they make girls look like they're younger than 18, mm-hmm. right? Right. This kind of destroy your tiny teen porn that uh. is very popular online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's ethical, for no. example. You know, even if, if they took care of the whole process and nothing, you know, was wrongly done to performers. But it's just the way that they are deciding to fetishize on the whole teen idea. Right, 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 right. And this is happening all over. There's also this category called interracial that mm-hmm. in porn is extremely popular. Very popular. And if you if you start thinking about it, it's crazy actually, because the category is not what you would expect. Because if we are thinking about interracial, you would think, oh, so a mix of lots of different people from different ethnicities, right? Interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it is. The category is very tiny white girls getting fucked by very big black men. Mm. That's the whole category. Imagine right. if you would have a category like that on Netflix. I mean, people would go right. crazy. People would go crazy. But in porn, it's like everything is accepted. And I think right. that we need to start having this conversation, you know, how can we, how can, we can actually be okay with the whole idea of porn, of filming, people having explicit sex, trying to take care of all the production process and making it as good as possible. But then how do we represent people? How do we mm. stop, you know, fetishizing on things that are not, you know, the best ideas? I right. mean, all these categories, they have Latinas, Ebony's, uh, MILFs, teens, uh, mm-hmm. fat girls. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's just right. dehumanizing. This, this is part of the issue, right? Is that the categories and that you can choose from a category and you're trying to make an intervention. You're trying to make an intervention, not just in the way we make porn, but the way we consume it. Yeah. I and mean, that's pretty yeah. big. Yeah. And, you know, it just reminded me of something. I just want to give a shout out to my friend, Murray Miller Young, the sociologist at UC uh, California, Santa Barbara. Um, you have to meet each other. And she has written a lot about uh, black women working in the porn industry and how they are often earning half of what a white actress in the um, adult industry is making and she's because they're working less or yeah. because of they're the working no, and fees the, no. because they're working less because but also they're because they're less. simply getting paid less so one of the big interventions that you've made is um you know wage equality in your work can you talk about the other interventions very explicitly uh i'm <sighs> 
nice conditions on the set. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. robes and slippers. But, first, but but it starts, yeah, and catering, and, and you know, catering. All, all of of, of, right. of these things. But I, I mean, for me, somehow they are so. All of these things, they are so basic and mm-hmm. so clear. So it's difficult to understand that 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 people are not thinking about it, right. you know. But then it's also, I guess, about about being very clear with the conditions so performers are aware. So we have a bill of rights, for example, that we send to all our performers. All your performers yeah. get a bill of rights. Yeah. And that is yeah. what that, that they they, they so they only know, do so they they know what to, they can they... ask for and what, you know, what right. rights they, they have. And um, so are you checking in, like, as you're shooting, are you checking in with the performers yeah. during the shoot? Yeah. 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 I, I, normally I have a talent manager on my set also because, you know, when, when you are directing the way I am directing with a team of 20 people behind, you know, the camera, we are kind of a big crew. The way we film is like any independent film and it shows shooting it absolutely of, yeah. shows when you yeah. watch it so i have a talent manager whose job is to look out for the performers so they always know that they have someone they have that an they advocate can talk there to. exactly and i think that for a lot of our listeners and for a lot of women you know when i watch your porn i know for example nobody's been trafficked of course, but 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 you but, know but, it's but, a big but, thing. but this is this is yes, it's a big thing, but also it's a huge mix-up. I think that people have between you know sex work and trafficking. Yes, for yes. Example, let's not, I think it's very important. Let's not to, mistake when people consent to it and choose it as of what they want to do, exactly, which can be a exactly. great career and a great choice. Yeah. And when people don't, we and, can be concerned about people who haven't chosen it while really supporting people who have chosen yeah, it. Yeah. And then I think that it's, it's, it's crucial to understand that in the casting process, you need to get to know the people, you know, mm-hmm. it's not good enough. If someone sends a picture and say, Hey, this is me. I want to shoot with you. No, I need to have an interview with that person. I need to sit down with all my performers to realize, you know, who they are, uh, why they are doing this line of job, how long have have they done it? You know, are they, are they, have they communicated it to their families, etc.? Because sometimes I have newcomers, people who want to join, you know, the adult industry. And I think it's very important to tell them about how it will affect their lives mm-hmm. because it will because this is, you know, this is the world we live in. There's a huge stigma for any kind of sex work. Uh, right. And 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 that's how it is. So if you want to join it, you need to understand that and you need to be prepared for it. And you need to know that if you have been naked having sex in a video online, that video will be there forever, you know, mm-hmm. and when, everybody will find out. Right. Yeah. That's how and it your is. Family, it is. friends, neighbors, yeah. coworkers, yeah. whatever. Because this is fire for people, you know, when they, when they realize that someone is doing it, right? they start talking about and it. So the, the idea yeah. that your mother in the woods will never find out, right. you know, that's, your mother that's will find <laughs> out. Sure. What about being a woman who makes porn? Can you talk about some of the stigma around that? What's your personal experience with that, Ben? How have you handled criticism or 
And yeah. have you found support in unexpected places? That's a I have definitely. Actually, I'm 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 very lucky. Uh, I think mostly also because I live in Barcelona, which is you know an international cosmopolitan city, and people around me have always reacted very well to what I have you know decided to do with my life. I I did have a, I did have a situation with my mother though when she found out she didn't like it at all. She was upset. Uh, but also you have to understand her situation. Uh, she's 77 mm-hmm. uh, and she was, you know, kind of a first wave feminist. Mm. Right, right. Okay. Did you bring that conversation to her? Did she find out because she saw a film or she did heard? Find out she found she out. <laughs> but, because back then, but because back then, I had I was not what I am today. You know, I sure. just I, I just made a film. It was an experiment. You know, right. I actually I started all this just because of you know a film, an experiment. I went to film school and I had an opportunity to make a short film. And I, you know, at one moment I said to myself, "Oh my God, I want to try to see if I can do." something, you know, with all these ideas I had back at university. If I can make a film that, you know, that I could like at the same time as it's actually hot, then I get Mm -hmm. turned on by it. So that's how I started. Uh, It was an experiment, a little film called The Good Girl. And then the delivery theme for anybody who wants to see it. If you like the pizza delivery theme, Erica (laughs) turned it inside out and upside down and made it so, so hot for women. Thank you. Pizza and sex is not pizza and sex. Like no, but that was also that was also a way of showing, you know, how you can actually take any narrative that's yes. out there, you know, the classical kind of poor narrative. Yeah, that's a just, trope. And just change it. You can change it from a woman's perspective. If right. you're getting into her world and her fantasies and her thoughts and what she's living in that moment. And that was what year was the good girl? Yeah. The good girl was uh what year did the did you make The Good Girl? I made it 2004. 2004. And, but it took a while. uh, For a while, I just had it in my drawer. You know, it was just a film I Mm -hmm. had made. And I didn't really know what to do with it. You didn't know how to distribute it? No, not at all. And then I went, I went to a few kind of bigger porn companies to try to see if they were interested in this film. And, and actually people were telling me, they're like, wow, this cool film, very interesting. But you know what? There's no market for women. Women would never, oh ever, God. ever be interested in something like this because this, you know, this is for guys. And actually, you know, you pay women for sex. Women would never kind of spend their money on sex. Oh, man. And yeah. now you have, what, over 150 films? I have made over 150 short films. In short spite works. of your mom finding out. Right. You yeah, just yeah, kept yeah. going. No, but she's good <laughs> with it. She's good with it now. We had we had a conversation and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe she would rather, you know, have me working for the UN, but, you know, life what? is like it is. Yeah, I think that might be a good point to touch on if people are interested in getting into ethical porn or porn. And they do have that conversation with their parents or their family. How would you recommend that they talk about it? Oh, um, well, just I, I, I think oh, it's it's difficult. How do you start it? What do you say, etc. Mm-hmm. But you have to be direct, uh, and then I think you have to kind of explain that that this vision that most people have about about porn being something. That is kind of, you know, against women and, and nasty and, and that, that's, 
that's not it. You know, porn is not a monolithic kind of category of everything is the same. Porn is actually just a media mm. saying that 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 it's interested in showing explicit sex. And then you can do that with 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 the values you have. So I would probably go that way, trying to explain I I would like to work with this. My vision is you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, and putting it out there mm-hmm. and then seeing how, how they react. But actually, um, rather than calling it, calling it feminist porn or ethical porn, I prefer the term independent porn because I think it's mm, more, nice. more understandable because it it's kind of like indie film. We all know what right. indie film is. We know mm-hmm. what Hollywood is indie and mainstream, porn. and yeah. then we know what kind of the indie is. And I think, I think that's nice. a good mm-hmm. kind of way of, of, of talking about it. Yeah. Um, and it's something that is coming more and more more people are getting involved. I have seen a great evolution this last mm. 10 years, especially many women, many queer people are mm-hmm. getting, you know, into this and starting to show our perspectives of sexuality. And they are obviously very needed. I mean, I see all the time how hungry people are. They've had one lens. They've been yeah. able to view porn through one lens. Yeah. You're giving us another lens. Yeah. And you're also inspiring. I think you're inspiring a generation of young women who not only do they want the kind of porn that you and Cindy Gallup are showing us that we can have. I Maybe I'm in a very specific world, but I know many young women who are inspired enough by your example that they, they want to do this. They, you know, yeah. it you, makes them, I really, it seems like they would feel empowered to be on, you know, a set like that and they get to make the decisions and they feel safe. And, yeah. Yeah. And you can really see uh, when you work on a, um, on a kind of female based crew, set, you can really feel the difference. I mean, I worked on many film sets. I worked with many men, of course, because we all know that men are, you know, they are technicians, they're in there, they're doing films, so all the all the technical aspects of it. Right. So it's very difficult to find women still today, even if right. we are more and more. But the biggest difference that I can actually see is, for example, when I have a man behind the camera or a woman behind the camera as camera operators, because men heterosexual men tend to see the woman as the most beautiful thing that's in front of the camera. So Mm. they do all their footage of the woman's body. Mm. You know, everything Mm -hmm. is on her. And then when I have women behind the camera, I have much more footage (laughs) of the men. But it's true of their their expressions, of their bodies, of their butts, of their arms, of their backs. It's like, because that's attractive Mm -hmm. to women. Right. And if we have women producing and directing porn, we'll get to see more of that. And then also what changes a lot is the whole conversation on a set, because when when you have lots of guys, it's difficult for women to speak up and, Mm -hmm. and kind of tell their vision and their ideas and what they feel like. And for an art director to change maybe, you know, uh, um, a background or, uh, something in, in, you know, on the wall or something. And, and when we are more women, it's so much easier for us to communicate together and with to each have other a voice. and to have a voice and to dare to use your voice. And, and also what is very funny is the difference I see in masculine language and feminine language. Men tend to kind of give direct orders. 
It's like, let's do this. We're going to, you know, put the camera there. When, when, when we have more women behind the cameras, we tend to talk much more, uh, what about if we would do this? Sort of collaborative yeah. language. Feel, right. <laughs> exactly. How do you feel about this idea? Uh-huh. It's, it's all very, uh, and, and, and that's actually very, very nice. And, and it feels more collaborative. Interesting. And you've seen probably that this has an impact on, as you said, this impacts the actors on the set. You're saying that the women on the set feel more empowered to share their ideas. Yeah. I'm just imagining yes. also how it's changing things for men watching what you do. Yeah. Um, the end result, you know, the Many- differences, men seeing themselves as beautiful sexual mm-hmm. objects, mm-hmm. not just these ever ready things who are there to fuck women. Right. But like, the machines, yeah, the machines, <laughs> the penetrating sex <laughs> right? machines, ready to go. Yeah, Sarah Hunter yeah. Murray talks yeah. about this a lot in her work. She talks mm-hmm. about how porn is one of the places where men get, and science too, where men mm-hmm. get profiled as just like ever ready, sexual all yeah. the time, always yeah. want to do it. And you're kind of puncturing that when you show men as like yeah. beautiful and they want to, they want to receive pleasure yeah. and also communicating, which I think is one of, of, of the, the most important things that we really need to, to change in porn. Because I think that what's out there on the tube sites, it's too concentrated on just the sex acts. Mm. But not that much mm. of, of the sex communication between right. people. And actually, I mean, we see it all over in society, these discussions that we are having about consent, that one of the biggest mm-hmm. problems is that people don't know how to talk about sex, how to ask for permission, how to communicate with their partners. So I see that as, as a responsibility and it's something that I'm trying to bake into my films. I'm trying to, mm-hmm. you know, to talk to my my actors about how can we actually make communication on the screen, not only behind the cameras, because obviously, like we said before, I have all this conversation with my performers behind the cameras before starting right. to shoot. Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to do this and this and mm-hmm. that and that? And you don't want that, but then you want this. Mm-hmm. And But I want them to take that conversation up to the screen, you know, in front of what people. a cool idea to yeah. model so important. Yeah. to model for yeah. all the kids who grow up seeing the yeah. tea video, right? The about pouring tea and consent. Okay, now yeah. show them how it actually. Yeah. How do you could talk work? about comments? Right. Yeah. I don't think like, a lot of people know that. Yeah. I think a lot mm. of people think that it's unexpected or it's going to kill yeah. the vibe. Oh, or so wrong. That's what people are thinking, having, you know. And so we need to make it sexy. We need to have these And by the way, it's not that hard to make it sexy. It's not that hard. I mean, asking for permission. How sexy is that? And saying yes. Ooh. <laughs> and knowing and also, no. I mean, it's much better if you know that the other person actually wants what's going mm-hmm. on, what's happening, that it, you yes. don't only have to kind of read it in their body yeah. language if it's okay or not. But this person actually right. told you what they want. Yeah, I mean, in a way, consent is just a way to give people permission to take pleasure, to yes. set the yes. boundaries yes. of you know, which is, which is also difficult because we are not used to do it. Right. We're not used to it. Okay. This is just, I just want to underscore like the crazy brilliance of this idea of eroticizing <laughs> consent in porn because everybody's watching it. It's not going away. Like, it's like when people mm-hmm. say, when you get slammed on Twitter and people say, well, just go away. It's like, no, it's an ecological niche. It's there. Right. We live it. It's real. So don't tell me to just go off when I'm being mistreated mm-hmm. on Twitter. For example, mm-hmm. a lot of women, especially women say porn, 
porn is not going away. No, it's not. It's Personally, not. I love it. And I, I'm glad that we have it. But I know a lot of people wish porn would go away. It's not going away. You're showing people, even people who might say that they don't like porn. Wait, there's all this value to this new medium, relatively new mm. medium. Mm. And, and, and also to the internet, to it being so in people's faces and so available. And I think that the importance of showing that there's an alternative to the tube sites, because I, I talk a lot, yeah. I talk a lot about the tube sites, but it's because it's really what people understand as porn today. It is. Uh, it's what they use and it's what, 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 where they go. And I think it's important to make them aware of the business model of the tube sites because they are actually not even interested in porn. You know, they are yeah. interested in traffic and having people coming, visiting their mm-hmm. sites. That's why they are using porn in the first place, right. you know. Right. But then the way they work, it's it's users who are uploading videos. What happens is that most of these users, they are uploading videos that are actually owned by people. Like, for example, me. You know, all content producers who are out there, our videos are getting stolen all the time and uploaded. And it's a huge process to try to take them down. It's ongoing and ongoing. The burden and ongoing. is on you, right? And the and burden s- is on us and the tube sites. They don't have the responsibility to check that what is being uploaded is actually, you it's know. It's incredible. Yeah. How how can it's we, piracy? It's, it's, so it's, it it's is piracy. piracy and it's very very it's frustrating. Theft. And I would like people to understand that so they are aware that if they use these tube sites, it's not really ethical consuming because of porn. Right, because you're taking somebody's work and they're not getting compensated for it, mm-hmm. and it's basically being stolen from them. Exactly. And as like porn consumers, what is something? What can we do to? you know, support people like you? Great question. Uh, I love it. No, but what can you do? I mean, I, I would, I would recommend that when you surf the internet for porn, check if there's an about page. Can you learn something mm-hmm. about this company? Right. You know, is there a yeah. person behind it? Who's the owner, for example, who's going to earn the money in, in the end? I mean, that's right. interesting. That's an interesting question to, to ask yourself. And then yeah. see, can you, can you watch some making of videos with the performers uh, mm. behind the films? Can you see interviews? Can you read interviews? Um, you know, with directors mm-hmm. and producers. So you get a, an idea of, of this company that is presenting right. you this, this, these films. Right. I want to talk just a little bit about the experience of going to lost cinemas, which was a very surprising experience for me. Some people might be surprised to be asked to pay for porn, but, but you, <laughs> For the subscription price, I think it was at like seventeen ninety nine for like a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. To and then I'm also I'm supporting the actors, I'm supporting the director, I'm supporting the idea of hot ethical porn. So I think people um, might be surprised to know just how low the price point is mm-hmm. to consume porn that really works for more people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, it's a variety of prices. It depends because there's lots of different models. If you, you know, subscribe for a year, it gets lots cheaper. You can get it for like five bucks a month. I mean, uh, come on, you guys, you can yeah. afford to subscribe to less than a month. And I'm telling it's, you that the performers, actors, what do you call them? Uh, what do you it depends. I, I say all. Oh, sometimes I say <laughs> actors, sometimes well, performers, they you know, are it, it depends. sexy. But they okay? are super because sexy. I was yeah. the person that would go to the porn sites yeah. 
and not find anything that I was that interested in. So I had this idea that I wasn't interested in porn. Like it just didn't do it for me. And then I saw your porn (laughs) at an event with 30 other strangers (laughs) and it was super hot. And I finally had my first porn crush on the guy in the, the, the chef guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? It was like three girls and one guy, and he was a babe. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm actually into this. Oh, you like it's crazy. Yeah, it's like a, a very good, monumental yeah. time yeah. in my life. Yeah. I actually texted a friend of mine. I was like, I found a porn porn boyfriend. It's very monumental. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened to me before. And I think a lot of people have an experience like that. Also, not only that they find people that they find attractive, but they feel seen. They see an actress who looks like them yeah. instead of an actress yeah. who is you can identify looks like a Barbie people. doll, you know, mm-hmm. or you see an actress whose skin tone is like yours and you feel seen. So mm-hmm. there's yeah. so many. Or body type. Or, or body type. Because, because all these things, they do matter. Representation matters. Huge. You know, it's, it's really important to see people that looks like you. But, but actually, I mean, people have all these prejudices about performers and actors and porn stars stars and like who are they and and what do they do and I'm, I've met many and actually I mean most are just regular people yes. and they in their real life they look like regular people mm-hmm. you know because it's the porn producers and the porn directors that makes them look so you know slutty uh, porn study over the so- top that's not who they are, right. you know? So just if if you just get to know them and then you treat them as any normal character in a film, you know, and you do the, the makeup and the wardrobe and, and, and you get them styled as any sexy guy that you would meet in a bar or, mm-hmm. you know, ah, it starts it will work. to seem... It starts to seem like porn for real people. Porn for real people, exactly. So I I think it's so much about the creators who's making the porn, you know. I really think that if we want to see different kind of porn, we we need different people getting into it. Right, right. Because today, most of the people who are making it, they're still the porn studs. Okay, listeners. kind of. Yeah, the bros. Like the ultimate bro culture is the porn industry. Tits and ass and, you know, that's the style. Do you hear that, listener? You could have a career in porn. You yes. could produce hot, enlightened, amazing porn like yes. Erica Lust does. All right. I want to talk about one more thing before we have to let you go, which is I'm a mom. My sons are 12 and 18. And I was so interested in what you're doing about using porn for sex education. We hear people say all the time, and I say it all the time, like, don't get your moves from porn. I mean, maybe some fun positions, but like, it's not sex ed. It's sort of filled yeah. the void where there's no sex ed in this country, unfortunately. Right. So you, once again, here comes Erica Lust. Okay, <laughs> let me see what I can do with this. I am going to use porn to help people, parents have conversations with their kids about sex and porn. Say more about that. Well, the way I see it, we cannot avoid it. I'm also a mother. Mine are, you know, almost nine and 12, okay. two girls. So they're still mm-hmm. kind of young, but, 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 news is that, you know, we are giving technology to kids and to young adults, teenagers, etc. They have the technology and porn has become a very influential genre. So they go online and as you said, they have poor sex education. They want to learn about sex because everybody has has insecurities and and doubts and feelings uh, about wanting to explore the sexual side. So they end up watching porn. So whether we like it or not, 
not porn has become sex education. It has. So what we realized, me and my husband a while ago, because we get these questions from so many, you know, other parents around us that says, but how, what, what can I do? How should I talk to my kids about, about porn and about sex? So we created something called uh, the pornconversation.org. The pornconversation.org. It's a nonprofit website and it's a website that has resources for parents and for educators to, 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 to learn about how can you actually have these conversations with your kids. And there's three different guides that you can download, PDF guides. So you get kind of a structure of how can you go along with this conversation. But what I can tell you quickly is the bottom line here is it's very important to tell, tell them that porn is not the same as sex. That porn is a very exaggerated fiction of sex. And what happens is the same thing that happens in cinema. In porn, you know, people are doing things that they cannot do in real life. For example, in films, Superman can fly. No man, you know, fly. It's not. It's not happening. You know, and this, this is, this is also what's happening in porn. In porn, sex is portrayed in 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 the online porn on these porn sites online. Right, sex is normally portrayed as something that happens in four minutes, and the man is portrayed as a penetrative sex machine. Right, he goes machine. on, no, 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 and in four minutes only vaginal penetration he makes her come and it's like the biggest orgasm ever, ever. and come on you know come on. Here, we are women we know that most of right. us we need a little hand if we want to come you know? so there's like we, awkwardness yeah. to sex too you know it's like you're fumbling around with the lube or yeah. there's a yeah. weird yeah. noise yeah. Yeah. Or you <laughs> and fall off the bed weird noises <laughs> you fall out the bed you break a bed that right. can happen you know? yeah. no but 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 i think it's so important to tell them that and to be you know honest as an adult not shame them for right. watching for right. looking at for it and for watching it because of course they are curious they must be you know curious. so accept that but then tell them how you feel about it tell them that look as 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 a woman and a mother and a feminist i feel that in most porn that i see online women are badly treated that it looks to me like it's more about smashing banging destroying choking and punish fucking them than actually giving them pleasure so if you tell mm-hmm. that to your young boys, you know, they will be aware. And when they go there, maybe they see that. And yes. that will help them to 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 realize that yes. that is not a good sexual relationship with right. someone. Mm-hmm. You know, and I hear these stories all the time about, about young people having sex for the first time. And then this boy, instead of, of like, you know, trying it out together, he came from behind trying to choke her. And she goes like, what are you happening? doing? This is not sex. Time. This is not what I want. Wow. But right. they've seen it online. Right. So they, they, think, they think it's normal. They think it's normal. They think that maybe it will make them look cool somehow. Right. That they have this move. Yeah. No, doesn't make you look cool. But I love how, because I know mothers and fathers have so much anxiety about porn, even those of us who like it. So just thank you for empowering us to see porn as an opportunity to have this conversation. I'm going to have the conversation today. I've had it with my 18-year-old. He like really tried to shut me down. I actually said to my 18-year-old, you know that what you see uh, on like 
Pornhub or YouPorn or whatever you're watching, that's not really what women like. If you want to see that, I will get you a subscription to Erica Lust Cinema. Wow, I like that. Yes. Wow. So I made that offer. I made that offer, but I have to have the hard conversation with my 12 year old. And I can't thank you enough for helping me and, you know, thousands of other parents Mm -hmm. to see, okay, you don't have to freak out about porn. It's not going away. Let's use this as an opportunity to talk to our kids about how great sex can be. Yes. Yes. We owe you, Erica Lust. We totally do. We owe you such a debt of gratitude for your work. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I'm going to cry. And for the (laughs) orgasms we're going to continue to have to your films. continued (laughs) orgasms to your films. And for Whitney's new porn crush. My new porn boyfriend. Oh, my God. Um, Erica, will you please? Tyler Nixon. Yeah, 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 yeah. She got it in. Google him, Google him. She she, she got it. She worked it in. Um, Please come back again soon because we didn't have enough time with you. We have to do another episode. Absolutely. Maybe we should go to Barcelona next time. Next time on location. Come, come. Let's do it. Uh, Thank thank you. you. Thank you very much. Such a fun episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. And if you did, please go on to iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, It really helps the success of the podcast and spreading this message. Much love, guys.